You are listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast with me, Trip Kramer. Hello and welcome to another episode of the How to Talk to Girls podcast. I'm your host, Trip Kramer from tripadvice.com. On today's episode, we are interviewing a dear friend of mine. Her name is Alana Pratt, and she is absolutely incredible. So incredible that this is the second time I've had her on the podcast. I've also been on her podcast as well. And we're talking about neediness. That's right. We're talking about neediness. And neediness is, is something that just comes up all the time, all the time, especially, especially when I'm working with coaching clients. I'm actually working with a few clients right now where we're specifically talking about their neediness with some of the women that they're dating. And what's great is we're working through it and we're actually solving the issues. So we're getting them to the point where they're becoming less needy with the women that they're with. And there is a way to do that. And I'll give you a little hint. One, it starts with being busy and focusing on yourself. And two, building your self-esteem. And we're going to go even deeper into that today with Alana. So I'm very excited about that. And just a few updates here. I want to thank anyone who has ever left a review for me on the podcast. I see these iTunes reviews coming in. I definitely read every single one and I appreciate it. I appreciate you know anyone who leaves a review, even if it's a bad review. I just like to see what's going on, even though a lot of the bad reviews are always written so poorly and are very trolly. But either way, I appreciate it. Must mean I'm doing a pretty good job and that makes me happy because it's interesting with podcasts, you don't get feedback. You really don't. I get to see download numbers. So I get to see which podcast episodes do better than others, but that doesn't really do much. You know, really, that's that's the only information I have. I don't have any comments. There's just no feedback. And it's good to have that because then I know exactly what's helping you, what's not helping you, because I want to be as useful as I can to you. And another way I can be useful to you is through the process of coaching. And so I get a lot of applications every day, but I just want to let you know that I do read every single one. So if you want to apply, I would encourage you to do so. I want to help you and help as many guys as I can. And I read every single word that comes in through any application, like I've said. And so you can do that at coachedbytrip.com. If you feel that you are listening to this episode and you're not getting everything you need from it, like you still need help with your neediness, with your self-esteem, if these things are still a problem for you, I want you to go to coachedbytrip.com so I can give you the help that you need. So go ahead and check that out. For now, here is my interview with Alana. Hey, Alana, so good to have you back on the podcast. How are you? I am so good. I'm so glad to... You know, I just remember the first time I met you sitting there at that audition for Demona's TV show and going, this dude is cool. He gets it. And so, yeah, thank you for having me back. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, no, I had you on I had you on last year. I think I had you on literally right after we, we met for the first time because that was January where we did the audition for the, for the reality show. And then in February, we talked about healing your inner wounds. So if any of you listening really resonate with Alana, you can go back and and scroll back to February 2019 and, and check out that one. Again, title is Healing Your Your Wounds. And now we're talking about something a little bit different, but it's still kind of all related. We're talking about neediness. And neediness is such a common thing that I know I see with my clients. What about you, Alana? Absolutely. And in all transparency, that's how I started 
which is why I got into this profession. You know, we need to teach what we're here to learn. And I was one needy people pleaser, let me tell you. I didn't even know I had an insight. I was so like driven, accomplishment, achievement, get the guy, get the job, get the ass to be smaller, whatever it was, like get something on the outside so that I'd finally feel better on the inside. And it never, ever worked. Even if I bought something, then I had to keep it, right? So uh, it was the making of craziness. And so, yeah, I definitely see it in my male clients who they call it maybe fear of rejection, but, and, and they come to me and they go, you know what, if I don't really like her, then I don't really get needy. But when I really like her and I'm afraid she'll reject me or afraid she'll see my wobbly parts, like physical wobbly and emotionally wobbly, wobbly right? Um, then I, totally. really, I really get needy. I mean, it's crazy. I know that there's tons of guys right now who are like, oh my God, she just nailed it. Because I know, because I hear that from clients that I work with, and I've been that way also. Mm-hmm. I think all guys, I really do. I can't imagine one guy in the history of the universe who hasn't gotten to that point. Maybe they didn't necessarily act on the neediness, but they absolutely felt it. You know, they're sitting there like, I don't get it. Like, I, I'm not this way with that girl, but with this girl, I am. Yeah. Like what's what's the deal here? Maybe let's define that. And but by the way, I kind of like skipped the introduction part. So we should, well, well let's let's pause for a second and maybe tell the guys who you are, <laughs> what you do, why we should be listening to you, and then we're going to come back and and we're going to visit this idea of why do you guys get that way when they are actually liking someone. So uh, let's start with that. Who are you? We're, we're, you know, what's your, what's your background? Who the hell is this crazy chick? I know who you are, but the guy listening might not. Yeah. So I call myself an intimacy expert. I've been at this for 20 years, coaching relationships. And so on the one hand, I'm a super smart chick, like Columbia University cum laude grad. I've got all the certifications that one would ever desire. I've interviewed... I don't know, like on my podcast, intimate conversations like Whoopi Goldberg, Alanis Morissette, Trip Kramer, like like the top, right? I've got six books out. I've get her to say yes is where I've always sent men uh, with how to be a noble badass. And so yeah, I've been at this for I've been at this for a while. And what I love about serving clients is that they tend to do all, I guess I'll call it like the surface stuff, like the quick fix stuff. And yet over time, the very same issue just keeps repeating and repeating. And it's always an issue beneath the chin. It's always the heart. And in fact, it even is connected to erectile issues as well. When the heart is closed, because I'm really, I'm super smart, but I'm also really into energy and scientific proving of that energy. But if your heart is closed, you cannot be present to yourself or to another. If you're not in your heart, heart splayed wide open, your whole embodied self, your masculine grandeur, not as a thought, but as an embodiment, if you're not being that, then any little circumstance on the outside takes you off your game and you give away your power all day long. And so men come to me when they're like, okay, you're right. My heart's, can I swear? I don't know if I can swear. Can I swear? Yes, you can. My heart's like fucked. It's like broken, like emasculated, like, and and I'm so ashamed to admit it, but there's something about me because I've done so much inner work with my own wobbly parts that I don't judge. I have this very unconditionally loving way with men where they feel safe to be real with me. And I have this other flavor that men feel really safe with me as well is I've been through 
one hell of a 12-year custody battle where I have every right to hate men and be a bitter bitch. But I, I walk my talk and I do my work so that I can forgive and I can see the best in men. And I can see that when my heart is closed, I'm a bitch. And when a man's heart is closed, sure, he can be an asshole, but that's the human condition. And so I, I believe in men. I love men. And I, I really believe I awaken that noble, badass, masculine grandeur with them that I think every man wants to be. I think he wants his best self to show up. I think he wants to be chivalrous and do the right thing when no one's looking. I just think a lot of men haven't been deeply loved by the feminine, deeply praised and appreciated and only loved when there's money or big biceps or you're doing it right, right? But not just loved for the humanness, the humanity of, a, of, of just being a man. Like, my God, we get to pretend when we have orgasms. Like, we can fake it. <laughs> you guys, you're just right out there. Like, there's no hiding. There's so much pressure. And there's so much pressure, you're not allowed to cry. You're supposed to have it all together. And so I have great compassion, care, love, respect, honor for men. And I also have a, like, a, like a line in the sand, like, uh-uh, hit, hit above the belt, like to, to bring out the best in you, like not pity, compassion for sure. But like, I see your magnificence and I might be a little sassy or sexy or coy or goofy about it, but like, uh-uh, nothing less than your best self, bring it. And so, yeah, I love, I love working with men. That's great. That's great. You said how long you've been doing it for? Twenty years. Wow, that's yeah. double the time I've been doing it. That's a long time. Yeah, I'm fifty. I turned fifty this January. It's a, it's a half a century. <laughs> wow. Well, you don't look it. I'll say that much. Oh, thank you. And I bet you it's because of all the work that you're doing. You know, the, the healing on the inside probably heals the outside as well. I'm sure. It does. I mean, for both men and women, when we're, we're being kind to ourselves on the inside, that's a vibration. It makes our body work more efficiently. It looks like radiance, youthfulness, aliveness. And I, I haven't had any nips and tucks yet. <laughs> Maybe I will one day. But for now, I'm just a happy camper. Thank you. Awesome. Good for you. Okay. Well, lovely introduction. Now let's talk about why guys feel that way. Yeah. Why does a guy feel needy for that one girl. But you know, that other girl he's not so much interested in. He doesn't get needy. And then what's funny is the result of that is he attracts the women he doesn't want and pushes away the women that he does. Exactly. Let's talk about that. How devastating is that, right? So here's at the end of the day, if your worth is determined by anything on the outside, I'm more worthy if I get the girl. I'm more worthy if I get the job. I'm more worthy if my bank account is bigger. My biceps are bigger. Anything on the outside, you are fucked because you cannot control anything on the outside. Even if you get the girl, you can lose her. Even if the stock exchange goes up, it can go down. Even if you got the best job and tons of followers, a little bad PR and you're screwed. On the outside, we can influence, but we cannot control. And so when you're needy, what you're looking for is your worth is based on her approval, her liking you, her having sex with you, her texting you back, whatever it is on the outside, you're waiting around to be good enough until she does something. So you're giving away your power. The solution is to rewire yourself, not from the outside in, but from the inside out. Now that's easy on the inside when you're proud of certain aspects of yourself, like you're resilient about this, persevering about that really, you know, proud that you fell down, but you got back up again. 
that part's easy to appreciate oneself there. It's not so easy to love unconditionally the parts of yourself that you don't want anyone to see, the parts you're ashamed of, the parts you're insecure about, the parts you're sad, scared, mad, all those places that in the past have gotten you rejected. You're like, oh, no, 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 little you. You go in the closet. If you come out, I'm going to hit you with a two by four so you're unconscious again. Like, fuck off. So I can just look good here and get the result I want so I finally feel good enough inside. But you know the one who doesn't feel good enough inside is the one you shoved in the closet. You got to go in there. You got to say, I'm sorry. You got to say, look, I thought by shutting you up, we were going to get the result we wanted. I was wrong. I apologize. Please come out of the closet. And that little you is going to be like, "Uh uh-uh, you're mean. No way. You come on in first. So you got to go into the closet and you got to do the inner work. And you got to really listen and seek to understand, not just seek to fix and change, which is a strategy so that you'll be perfect. And that part of you will smell a rat. You've literally got to go in. And this is what a lot of guys are like, eh? You've got to go in with the patience of eternity and just sit with that part of you and give him what mom never gave him, dad never gave him, ex-girlfriend never gave him, society never gave him, which was unconditional love, love without condition, which means if you're scared, I still love you. If you fucked up, I still love you. If you're uncertain and needy, I still love you. Something inside will... Really? You mean it? And you have to mean it. It can't be a strategy or it won't work. It can't just be some cognitive analysis and say the right line from the chin up. Uh Uh-uh. This has to be an embodied homecoming where you really love. And yes, we're still going to grow. We're still going to evolve. We're still going to do our work and and improve, but it's not going to happen. They're not going to come home. You're not going to have this sense of wholeness on the inside so that the neediness dissolves on the outside until you really mean it. And a way of knowing that is you're on a date and she points out some of your flaws or mistakes or wobbly self or asks you something where you're not quite confident and you don't defend, you don't justify, you don't lie, you don't shine her on. You drop in, you imagine in your mind's eye holding little you and you're like, hey, even if she rejects us, I won't reject you. I got your back, buddy. I got you. You take a deep breath and you're present and you splay your heart wide open and you go, you know what? Maybe it's around health. Maybe it's around money. Maybe it's around your purpose. You know, I really thought my purpose was to take over my dad's pharmacy, but I did that and I discovered it's not who I am. So right now I'm in between. I'm going back to college. I'm not like all on my game with my career, but I do know who I'm not and I'm committed to discovering who I am. That would be an actual example on a date of how to be loving of your wobbly parts, certain about what you're certain about, okay with what you're not certain about so that all the neediness goes away and she can learn to respect you. Now, if she's shallow, all she'll want is a perfect guy with the perfect job and the perfect bank account so that she can show this perfect guy to her perfect parents and live her little perfect life. She's not for you. But a woman who lives in her heart, who's conscious is gonna go, wow, God, you're inspiring. And that'll be the beginning of something really meaningful. What it sounds like, Alana, is crafting a relationship with yourself. And I feel like a lot of people don't spend the time doing that. Yeah. You know? and, and 
you know, people might say, well, what do you mean? Like, I'm always with myself. I am myself. Like, there's, how could you say that? But clearly, off of what you're saying and off of issues that happen, like neediness, there, there is not a strong relationship with yourself. Yeah. And if there is, it's probably a very negative one. Oh, well put. Yeah. If you're needy, I'm sorry, I don't need to be right here, but I've been doing this for 20 years. If you're needy, it tells me, bar none, scientifically, vibrationally, I could probably hook you up to a machine and prove it. But you don't have a solid relationship with yourself. And so the the phrase, become the one to find the one, like my latest book is called Finding the One is Bullshit, Becoming the One is Brilliant and Beautiful. And my dating app that's launching July 4th weekend is called Heartmates. And it's for people who are done with these shallow, emotionally unavailable failure relationships over and over. And they're finally willing to grow up and become the one to find the one. And sometimes, as I said earlier, at the very beginning of this interview, I didn't even know I had like an inside. I didn't even know I was hating on myself. I was spinning so fast on the outside. But if you really slow down, and all that takes is go for a walk in nature, take the weekend off, go to a cabin in the woods, get out a journal and just start writing a conversation with your inner self. And let's see what that conversation sounds like. And then you will begin to go, oh, it's actually time for me to drop out of my head and into my heart because my heart is actually pretty wounded. And it's time for you to grow up and go, oh my God, real relationships, i.e. successful, fulfilling relationships require real work. Oh my God, I need to become the one to find the one. Wow. Couples who grow together, stay together. This is for the man who's actually willing to be a conscious leader on the planet. And don't worry if for a while you've just been trying to get a quick fix. That was me. I didn't know how to sit in the fire. I didn't know how to cultivate this inner relationship. It's not like we're born knowing. That's what Trip is here for. Work with him. That's what I'm here for. Work with us. You know, this inner world is rich and potent and powerful. And you will be so magnetic to multiple quality women because it's literally an energy. There is a vibration, and I'm a big heart math science geek. It's a vibration where you are home in your body. Coherent, they call it. Coherence. Harmony between your heart and your mind. Not spinning a million miles a minute in your head trying to be good enough and look good. True resonance. Women, we feel it. And those are the men we want to open our body, mind, and spirit to. Those are the kind of men that elicit, awaken devotion. It's worth doing the work. That's my opinion. No, that's great. I'm on board with that. Absolutely. And you know, let let me ask this. What are some examples, and maybe you've seen this in your dating life too, where the guy is being needy, like you can tell. And it's like, ah, he's being needy. This is a turnoff. Mm. Where are you seeing that? Let's, Let's maybe we should identify some of this stuff too. So then we can kind of put it all together. Yeah. The way I personally, and I, and I, hear the stories with my clients personally, it's when literally his body is leaning an inch forward. I call it the inch. (laughs) He's like trying to be sure he pleases me, trying to be sure he makes me happy, trying, he's trying, 
That's like right there. There's the word. He's trying. And just an inch back, he's grounded, centered, present. Bring it. See, true presence means I'm, I'm at choice. I'm discerning. I'm aware. But on the other half, I can't control this woman. She could, Lord knows what emotional storm is going to come through her today. Like no clue. Like he, he can't control anything. It's almost like that James Bond, I don't know, Indiana Jones. I know those are like fictional characters, but there's this energy of like, oh, so the, the plane just blew up. Don't worry. I'll turn my watch into a jet ski and off we go. Like it's like no big deal. There's a centeredness of like whatever comes, you got this because you don't, your little you, has, you've got your own little you's back. So it's like an inch of his behavior of trying to please me too much or get too much for me or uh, uh, it's like this trying energy. Now the opposite is true as well. The inch can be holding back, holding back an inch, which comes across as arrogance. He doesn't care. Games. He wants to make me jealous. He won't text me back on purpose. It's like a game. He isn't interested at all of what would make me happy, like when he has time. But it's the same insecurity on the other side of the same coin, either the neediness forward or the arrogance backwards. But in the center, it takes the most bravery to truly love who you are, no matter what I say, believe in yourself, no matter what I say, have your own back, no matter what I say or do, yet also heart open, genuinely caring, vulnerable to let me know how you are, caring and compassionate to know how I am but in that centered place. I find it so interesting that both extreme sides are just signs of insecurity, right? Yeah. It's like, that's what that is. It's like, it's not about going to the other side. It's really more about balance. That's what it's about. It's about balancing because if you go to to any side, it probably means that you're insecure. Yeah. You're trying to make up for something. Yeah. You know, so how can a guy find that balance? Now let's talk a little bit more. I mean, I know you already kind of touched upon that, but where can you find that balance? Like, imagine the guy is sitting here, he's starting to date someone. They've been on maybe two or three dates. He's already feeling it inside of him: the neediness, the strong desire for her, afraid of losing her, yeah, wanting to always know what she's doing who she's with, what's going on, wanting to text her a lot, wanting to communicate a lot, maybe even to the extreme of not taking no for an answer if she can't meet up, you know, things like that. Like, mm. Where can a guy start once he's feeling all these needy thoughts or feeling the needy emotions and thinking these thoughts? Yeah. Well, it's, I'm just brought to every single Tuesday is my group coaching call where men and women, and because women feel this too, by the way, don't think only men are getting needy. Women get totally needy too. So I get on these group calls and I, and I call it process or integrate these emotions. It's the only way through. You cannot put sprinkles on top of an ice cream cone of shit. Like you can't just have 10 more affirmations and a good attitude and drink your way into oblivion every night, have a pizza and a porn. Like it's just not going to solve anything. You got to sit in the fire. And so on these group coaching calls that I do or private calls, I suppose as well, we sit in the fire and we go towards that little you. We go towards that emotion. Most people think, oh my God, pain, bad, pleasure, good. But here's the deal. Too much pleasure... And you get a little arrogant. You lose your empathy for yourself or others. You get a little holier than thou. 
and you get a little skewed. Too much pain, obviously, massive depression, you just give up on love. But if we looked, there's actually a gift in the pain. It's how we grow grit, resilience, perseverance, self-respect, self-worth, right? So there's actually a benefit to the pain. So I get my clients to lean into the pain and start to first cognitively and then second bodily, emotionally integrate this feeling. First, just cognitively. What's the benefit of feeling needy physically? I take them through physical, mental, spiritual, vocational, financial, social, family-wise, romantically, sexually. I take them through like every area I can fucking find. So we start at the topic of what's the benefit? Because you're making your needy self wrong and what you resist persists and it's just going to grow until it gets out of hand. So let's have a different point of view and look at this. Well, what, what is the physical benefit of needy? I can't breathe. I get hot flashes. I'm like, great. So what is your body teaching you how to soothe itself, how to regulate hormones, how to breathe, how to stay in your prefrontal cortex, how to stay present? So there's a gift. Yes, you're being trained. Yes, it's uncomfortable. But if you lean in like you would to going to a boot camp or like going to the gym, there's a gift here physically when you get needy and you go back into your fight or flight or freeze reptilian brain, which turns off your creative thinking, which turns off your intuition and makes you feel like an idiot and, and frankly, look like you're out to lunch, right? There's a gift that your body is teaching you by leaning into the neediness and responding rather than reacting. Five, four, three, two, one. I got this. Breathe, change your posture. See in your mind's eye, little you. Grab him, hold him, let him know you've got his back. Like all these different physical trainings that I do with people. So, just on a physical level, you can now see neediness as a gift for you to become a badass. Mentally, okay, as soon as we get needy, what does the mind say? You're an idiot. She's probably going to leave you. She's out of your league. Might as well ditch now before she ditches you. Like, look at the mind. Now, here's the deal you have a mind, but you are not your mind. You have thoughts, but you are not your thoughts. Who's the one aware of the thought? That's the real you. That's your higher self. And so you learn if you want to criticize yourself, oh my God, I'm an idiot for thinking that idiotic thought. Now we've got double the problem. So please be kind and go, hmm, okay, that thought, is that really a true thought? Like you begin to get curious and and you begin to have a conversation with this part of you. You begin to connect with this part of you instead of being emotionally unavailable to those thoughts and that part of you, sticking them in the closet, you go towards him and you go, hey, I know that last girl dumped us and I know it hurt like hell. You have every right to be feeling scared. You have every right to want to ditch her before she ditches you. But hey, I got your back. This one's different. We're different. Let's be present. Let's bring our best self here. Instead of what if the worst happened, let's have a different question. What if the best happened? Right? You start to mentally change your chatter. So that would be like the second gift, physically, mentally, spiritually. And this is where we sort of started the interview. If your worth is inherently bad, not enough, and all of your worth is outside in, that's a spiritual crisis. In my opinion, it is time to get to know you, love you, forgive you, spend time with you, fall in love with you, not narcissistically, but like with humility so that you can cultivate a confidence that, hey, come what may, I'm a good guy. Maybe I'm not for everybody, but I'm a good man. And to really know that and not let anyone or anything, any circumstance or any person on the outside change that. 
Yeah, people are going to tempt you by saying shitty stuff. Okay, I get that. But no one against your will can make you hate you. Okay? So it's really a spiritual awakening, the gift of neediness. So now, oh my God, three things that neediness is a gift? Holy shit. And you go all the way down the line, all the way through, you know, vocationally and and financially. Like if you don't have good self-worth, and a knowing of your enoughness on the inside, how the hell are you going to show up for an interview on a job and nail it? How are you going to ask for your true worth with your rate, your hourly rate or what you want to be paid in a year? You're not. You're not going to go for your dreams or live your mission, vision, and purpose. So look at all of a sudden, before I've even gone into any of the emotional quantum psychology healing work I've done, already I hope that the listeners are getting a different point of view that, wait a minute, I don't need to overcome this neediness and kill it off. The neediness is a part of you you need to bring home. Bring home. He's a part of you that needs your love, not your criticism. And he's actually a gift to awaken the king in you. And kings attract queens and they keep them. I love that. That's great. You know, one thing I I took away from that, that I'm now going to, Sometimes, and this is this is rare, but sometimes on an interview, someone will say something and that will trigger something in my brain where I'm like, oh yeah, it's like this. And now this is now going to be part of my repertoire. Ooh, I love that you said, yeah. What? what's the best case scenario? Mm. Or, I don't know if it was exactly your words, but you yeah. said it's something like that. It's like we always go negative, right? Mm. We always go negative. We always imagine us losing or us having the bad experience or something going wrong, you know? So there's that common saying, right? Like, well, what's the worst case scenario? But we rarely, as humans, ask ourselves, well, what's the best case scenario? Yeah. Sometimes we do, but I I don't think we're doing it enough. I, I can almost guarantee most guys listening, myself included, don't ask that question enough. They only visualize the worst so they stay in their in their wounds they stay in their fear yeah and they and it's hard for them to break out so mm. that's definitely one thing that uh that I that I gathered from what you're saying and uh and just yeah and just the rest of it is is it's it's a lot of buddhist mentality it sounds like you know of really staying present being aware of it you're not pushing away the neediness you're not saying no go away go away this is bad you're you're more accepting it, being aware of it, and confronting it, mm. right? I mean, that's that's what I'm getting from what you're saying here. Thank you. It's Buddhist with a sexy intimacy guide energy to it because I'm not saying don't have desires. Desires are awesome, right? Like let yourself be turned on by life, orgasmically alive. Like enjoy your sexuality, enjoy your sensuality, enjoy your vivaciousness. Like I. I don't agree with the Buddhists for that part. But yeah, definitely in terms of the unattachment, lowering significance, dissolving importance, coming home and do the work on the inside. Yeah, definitely a Buddhist mentality. And I want you to know, even though I'm quite masterful at what I teach and I've been at this for a long time, I'm no different than you. I, you know, I'm, as I mentioned earlier, I'm, I'm developing a dating app and I saved up. I'd been through a long 12 year custody battle. I lost my house, my savings. I went into like a quarter of a million of legal debt. And in the end, my son, I I still have legal and physical custody, but I'm allowing him to live full time with his dad because it's the only way we can create peace, having to take the high road as the mom. So it hasn't been fun, easy, but I've grown 
And I created this whole like down payment for another house, but I spent it on this dating app, like the first beta phase I am funding. And the neediness and the what if it doesn't work was like gripping me one day. So while I'm a coach, I think it's completely out of integrity not to have several coaches in my opinion. But I, I so I have several coaches and I said, I don't know, like it's gripping me. Like what if it doesn't work out and I'm humiliated and all these people sign up and then it goes bad and blah, blah, blah. And, and so he helped me process those emotions. Again, we don't push it away. We go towards it. What you resist persists. But what you feel fully with compassion, non-judgment, and a a willingness to sit there for eternity, that duplicates that feeling and it dissolves into nothing. And then you're back to presence. And then the practice, as you so wisely said, Trip, is what if it does work out? What if it does work out? What if I support so many people in becoming the one, ending this neediness and just overflowing from the inside out, choosing a partner for sure choosing hot sex. Yeah, let's choose it all. Let's let our desires like awaken the best in us and yet not need any of it so that we don't push anyone away, that we literally become the one to find the one. When what if there's success stories? And what if I go to sleep at night knowing that people did the work and met an ideal partner, not another one that cheated on them, ghosted them and is married or whatever, like a quality partner and they send me success stories. What if, and this is a fun one, I just kind of go a little crazy sometimes, trip. And I said, what if I get an RV? What if I don't even buy a house right now? What if I get an RV and travel around and meet all these people who use the Heartmates app who are having success and do little radio interviews and podcasts? Like, I just kind of, you can get yourself into this like state, this delicious rampage of positivity. And, and here's what I know with science. The field is listening. The field isn't listening necessarily defining the RV that Alana wants to get, but it's an energy of possibility. It's an energy of synchronicities that lives at this high vibration where I'll just get a call one day and it's like, oh, would you like to be on this show? Oh my God, I've been wanting to be on that show for a long time. Or a friend will call and say, hey, I've got an extra ticket to such and such. Would you like to come? You were on my mind. How did that happen that I was on their mind, not other people? It's a vibration. It brings magic into your life. So train yourself to focus on the good, but not as a sprinkle on top of the ice cream cone of shit because that doesn't work. That's fake. It's exhausting. And ultimately it will backfire. Sit in the fire. Be... I like that. Put on your big boxer shorts and like sit in the fire and do your work. Yes. Sit in the fire. That's so great. This is a, a really perfect time to kind of wrap it up. I just feel like everything you said here is like powerful. Like I already know a few clients that I'm working with where I'm going to... And, and they're going to be listening to this part too. Or I'm going to send this to them. Be like, all right, you need to listen to this because this is exactly what needs to be worked on. Mm. All this stuff, very powerful. And, and we all need to, to, to work on it all day, every day, constantly. And going back to the very, very beginning of this episode, we talked about crafting that relationship with yourself. Yeah. Alana, if, if anyone wants to work with you and they want to work with you on this, where can they find you to do so? Oh, thank you so much, Trip. If you go to my, my name is Alana Pratt with two L's. So A-L-L-A-N-A-P-R-A-T-T dot com forward slash connect. That's how you can have a call with my intimacy success advisor, where we're going to help you discover and break through your intimacy blind spot. I attract really clever people. If you would have figured it out, you would have and healed it by now. It's a blind spot. So we have a way of supporting you and seeing what that is so you can take your power back. 
So that's a way to discover uh, if you are a fit to work with me once we already first provide value for you. And then if it's a fit, my advisor will let you know of group programs, digital programs, VIP programs, and everything in between to, to work with you. And then otherwise, I would say definitely listen to my podcast, Intimate Conversations, where Trip will be a return guest as well, or see some videos on my YouTube channel because it's my pleasure to answer your questions, which I do several times a week there. So welcome to my world. And then keep listening for the app because it's only a couple of weeks away. So cool. Is there anything you can tell us about the app or is it too soon? No, no. It's called HeartMates. And it's where we become the one to find the one. And so it's where you say, you know what? I'm going to sign up for a year to have my intimacy coaching while I practice being on the court with other people who actually do the work too. My clients kept complaining that the most devastating thing that would happen is they'd really meet someone they liked and about, you know, after the honeymoon phase, three months-ish, things got tough and they got ghosted again. And so that moment is the reason why I believe relationships aren't working. Couples who grow together stay together. And so this is, this is the playground that we get to all grow together transparently, become the one to find the one together. So that's the app. Cool. Awesome. Well, guys, look out for that. We'll also put some of that information in the show notes. Alana, thank you so much for being here once again on the podcast. And I can't wait to be on yours again. So thank you so much. Oh, thanks for having me, Trip. All my love to you and to all the listeners. You as well. <laughs>